Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian. Now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. My conversation today is with Whitney Bateson. She is a registered dietitian who studied pre-med and then took the infamous intro to nutrition class and it changed her trajectory. After becoming a dietitian, she found an interest in nutrition and food policy and started working in school nutrition in the DC area. During her time there, she dabbled in a lot of different areas of the contract company that she worked for which led her to developing her skills in marketing, design, digital development, and a whole slew of other things. The rest is history, and she now owns Whitney Bateson Digital Strategy, where she helps fellow RDs with website design. Please enjoy my conversation with Whitney. excited to chat with you today. I've always been kind of following you from afar, but I think like, I think when I quenched my, like, we're having a podcast moment is when you were at the Nutrition Entrepreneurs, was it Summit last year? So mm-hmm. last year? Yes. You've been a part of it the last couple years. So yep. I know that you've gotten, you've grown a lot with your business. So I'm excited yeah. to learn more about you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey. <laughs> It'll be good for everyone to hear your journey so far, I think, because you have a very unique story and take, I think, on having and being a nutrition entrepreneur. So Mm. (laughs) you're like, yes. Yes. Yeah. I definitely took like a hard left, you know, (laughs) at one point, but it's been working out. So yeah. Good. Good. Well, let's, why don't we start with how you first got into dietetics? When did you become a dietitian? How did that all start for you? Yes. Okay. So going, you know, all the way back to the beginning, um, I, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the very like career office, you, you know, guidance counselor, you're like looking up jobs. And of course me, I was like, what's the highest paid job out there? And Mm. no, I did not, I did not land on dietetics. Uh, (laughs) it was shocker. It was, yeah, it was a surgeon, surgeon. And so I was like, okay, I want to go to medical school. So uh, started at University of Delaware, uh, biology that could, you know, eventually get you into the pre-med track. And then like semester one, I was like, oh, this is not going to work for me. I love science, but not that much in my brain. I'm not good at memorization and all of that. Um, And so I also had taken a nutrition course and I was like, you know, I really love how you get at the science and like how your body basically you intake this food and then your body just transforms it It like manifests into these things that your body either does or doesn't do. And I just really loved the idea of that. Um, Also like many dietitians, unfortunately I also was dealing with some eating disordered eating at that time. And so that was another motivator to take that nutrition class. Um, But I, you know, really enjoyed just the the undergrad experience of there's so many different things to learn in in the field, um, for better or worse. Sometimes, you know, we come out being very generalist and, and having to learn so many different things. Um, but I, uh, throughout my internship, then learned more about policy and school nutrition and really um, kind of grasped onto that. 
And um, so that's where I started my career in dietetics is um, from my internship, I was hired by Chartwells to work in DC public schools. And Ooh. I worked there. Yeah, it was, you know, and I was warned like, oh, you know, that's large a big school, school district. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. There's, there's, you know, bureaucracy and all these things. I was like, I can take it because, you know, still from back when I like wanted to be a surgeon, I was like, give it to me. I will take the hard thing. Like you tell me I can't do something. I want to do it even more. So, um, for you, you're like, I'll just go to one of the biggest school systems right out of school. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I think, I think it worked out for all, all parties involved. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, they got someone who was just wanting to prove herself, um, and take on every new thing that they threw at me. Um, and so they got, you know, me just really like diving in and I got to do so many different things. And, um, I really, uh, loved doing like the training aspect of things. And I learned, and then I'll, I'll come up for air and stuff for a second, but I learned the power of like really great design of materials because I was responsible for training all of our employees, which was about 400. Mm. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So 400 of them. And, um, I, you know, couldn't make it to every school. I think I left that job still not having made it to every school. And so I learned about systems and creating things that could be scaled and how delivering the content in a way that was attractive to people was really helpful in having them understand it as opposed to like just a, you know, crappy black and white PowerPoint or something like that. I I really liked making things look nice and communicating things um, in a more marketing focused way. So yeah, interesting. That's, did you that's the beginning? <laughs> did you have like an interest in marketing? I mean, like, did you take any yeah. schooling? You did. So even from the get go, when you got into nutrition, you kind of always had this marketing kind of back or kind of passion. Yeah, I did have. I mean, actually, going through elementary and middle and high school, I my parents thought I was going to go into some art focused field because mm-hmm. I did excel in in those things. Um, but then I thought you couldn't make any money. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's, that's not a, career. a drawback, right? I was very focused on money, apparently, as like a young, you know. Well, um, you know. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it was always something interesting to me. I think I did take some marketing-related courses in undergrad. And then when I went back and got my master's, I took more marketing um, courses as well. And I was doing my master's while I was still working in the district, Um and so that was influencing me as well. Yeah. How long did you spend at the district then? I was there for about three years, three and a half years, I think. Yeah. And so they good long help. time. So that's, yeah, that's a while for a job that you had no idea what you were doing when you were getting into it. Yeah. Uh, did they help you pay for your master's? Was that part of? They did. Yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. Chartwells, um, did support me in that. So that was definitely a, a nice driver, you know, and I, yeah. And I had heard, um, you know, I really liked how I did it, which I know is not how dietitians can necessarily do it these days where I took a gap between undergrad Mm -hmm. and getting my master's because it really allowed me to like apply and not be burned out from the learning because I had been working. I was like hungry for learning again. 
because I hadn't been in school for a couple of years and I was just devouring everything they were teaching and I was applying it to what we were doing because I had contacts because I could apply it to my work. And mm-hmm. um, so I really, I loved it. Although I took a long time. I think I took like four, four and a half years. I did it part-time uh, for a while. That's okay though. You know, yeah. it's like, I think I kind of agree with you, like that whole speeding into your mat, like your masters, like mm-hmm. there's something to be said of taking some gap time to get some, cause I think we all want to, we want to work. We want to apply what we learn. And then I think if we yeah. just keep going to school, we never really get that opportunity. It does. Yeah. It does get you like more, I guess your studious skills start to become enhanced when you get to do a little work a little bit in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like paying for it myself. I mean, I was very lucky that my, uh, my family helped with my undergrad. And then I think it also helped that I was paying for it. And so when my classmates wouldn't show up to a class in my master's, I'm like, do you know, that's like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's a> lot. <laughs> just, yeah. I really had a new perspective on the value of an education. Uh, you know, the second go around, I just wasn't as jaded and like exhausted, you know, Sure. Did you get your master's in nutrition then, or did you get it in something else? So I did um, public health with concentration and policy, which was interesting. So I really weighed, I definitely didn't want to do nutrition because I felt like I I knew enough about nutrition. I was, I think already at that point, starting to see that I wanted to not be directly related in nutrition anymore. I kind of wanted to do something that was like, I mean, I guess it's still supporting nutrition and public health, but not like, I didn't really like planning menus and doing nutrient analysis. For, just like, that's yeah. So I was like, I don't want to learn about any more nutrition things really. Um, I want to learn about some other things and I was considering an MBA and considering like public administration because I really liked a lot of the management things and just policy and and all of that kind of stuff that I was starting because I I got to work on task force task forces that were working on policy in DC and I got Mm. to work on procurement and all these like things that I never thought I would be interested in um it was it was great but yeah I settled on the MPH because I felt that the MBA was going to be just like too far removed from health and I still wanted it to be somewhat connected and the MPH was great it was super helpful um the concentration and policy, obviously, I did not end up using that. Um, I talked to uh, one of the marketing teachers, and I was like, you know, I'm thinking of changing my concentration of marketing. And she she was like, I think you're going to be more valuable to employers if you have something that's not actually a marketing-focused background. Because you can kind of learn, so, and this may be like a divisive thing, but like you can learn the marketing like on the job and it's good that you have this background, but you're going to be more valuable with the policy background. So I took her advice, mm-hmm. not, not really sure if it was, you know, if it ended up working <laughs> out or not. Um, but you know, so yeah, now I know how to do a policy analysis. If anyone ever needs that. Needs but. that. <laughs> you can add that to your resume. Right. right. <laughs> but I mean, like, you, yeah. like, I guess like when you think of it, maybe looking back, you know, you, you have learned a lot of the marketing aspect. And so even if you don't do that forever, you still have that little bit of, you know, yeah. extra education to get you to do something else if it ever crosses your path. Yep. Very true. 
So after DC, or did you stay in DC and then take a different role or what was kind of your next steps? Yeah. So, you know, I was, the whole time I was in DC, I reported directly to the food service director there, but then indirectly I reported to the um, director of nutrition across the, the whole Chartwells because we were a vendor. We were a contractor of DC public schools. I was employed by Chartwells, which is um, the K-12 arm of Compass Group, which is mm-hmm. an international management company. Um, they have like Levy and Morrison and they just, you know, most play like they do stadiums, they do hospitals, they do the World Bank food service is supplied by like Flick or Restaurant Associates. Like they just, they serve food. I think they are the biggest. Um, so Charles K-12 was who I worked with and I just kept telling the the director of nutrition sharing like the stuff I was doing and I was like if you ever need someone to do this at a higher level just let me know here's this newsletter (laughs) I made here's this training I made and you know I just kept showing what I was doing and um, eventually a position did get created uh, at the national level and uh, we had a conversation and she told me it was mine if I wanted it which it was wow. great. I did. <laughs> um, and so then I became the director of wellness initiatives, um, which I was creating like a, our garden, um, garden guide. So working with our QA process to um, make it okay to serve garden, school garden produce in school meals uh-huh. if we wanted to. Uh, that was an interesting project and working, we had a dietetic internship at the time. So working on those kinds of things, building out the nutrition education program um, for all of the districts across the country. So I moved into a national role. Um, and uh, so Chartwells, I think, had like 6,000 locations, I think, at that point. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. So it was a big jump. But I think working in a district uh you know, like I mentioned, I had to have systems and things that could scale really allowed me to think about, hey, how can I create a program that doesn't work just for one district, but works for everyone and can be implemented without me being there telling the person exactly mm-hmm. what to do. Um, so I did that for about a year and a half, but I was already feeling like I wasn't really like if push comes to shove, I didn't think I really had a very valuable position business-wise because, um, you know, you don't need garden guides. Yes. You don't need nutrition <laughs> education. Like, <laughs> true, you know, um, so I, again, was just planting the seed of, hey, if you need anything more, uh, you know, I'm here. Uh, so something else became available. Um, and so I got promoted to that position next. And that was overseeing our uh, menu management software which was what uh, Chartwell's, well, actually, yeah, so the K-12 part of it, um, what we used for planning our menus and things like that, and um, also our food allergy program and building out the training for that. Um, And I did that, I think, for five, four years. So I stayed in that position for a while. Maybe it was only three. But um, so, you know, throughout my journey, I stayed with one company, I didn't really have to interview very hard for positions. So for better or worse, when it became time for me to move on, 
I was like, I don't want to interview anywhere. I don't know where I'm going to go, you know, but I was just feeling stagnant at that point. Uh, so uh, on the one hand, it was really a wonderful experience to not have to work that hard to like, I mean, I worked hard, but like to get, sure. you know, new opportunities. Uh, but on the other hand, I didn't network as much as I could have, I think. Um, and I, I didn't really like open myself up to maybe other, other things that could be out there. So when I was ready to leave, I was like, I think I just have to start my own business because <laughs> I don't see anything else out there that looks good. <laughs> you know what the Bravo for you though, even if you did stay with one company, like that's kudos to you to being like, Hey, I'm here. Um, I can do this. You know, like you kept like marketing yourself within your mm -hmm. own company, which I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of us are very good skills of saying I can do more than just be this role I can do this yeah. role in this role so I mean yeah. there's like you said you didn't branch out but you also branched out within your your company yeah yeah and I think that's like such a big because I, I remember I would speak to students and interns occasionally and I would say you have to toot your own horn you have to be your biggest advocate and cheerleader because you know, sometimes we think we're working at a company and they're just going to tap us on the shoulder one day and say, hey, do you want yeah. a promotion? It's just not how it works. Nope. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, they say, like, be acting in the role that you want to have next, you know. And so that means sometimes you're having to work harder and sometimes it doesn't pay off, but sometimes it does. But at least showing that you're capable of more and letting people know that you're open to it and up for it and, and all of that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that served me well for sure. So started, started your own business. How did yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, so how did that all start for you? Like, was that <laughs> overwhelming? Like, did you know what you were going to oh. do in your business? Maybe share that part. Yeah. So it took me, um, so when I first started, thinking that I wanted to do something else. I had been burnt out on the nutrition side of things for a while. Uh, I hadn't been doing a lot of nutrition stuff even, I feel like. Um, and I was working on developing our software and I was working with our finance people about food cost um, projects and things like that. So like operational things and tech things and marketing things, but not necessarily like nutrition related. And I really didn't want to go into that as I've, I've said before. And so, um, I started looking around at like, well, what do I want to do? And I taught, I remember talking with someone and she suggested a book called do what you are. And it's a weird title, <laughs> but that's what it is. And you do an assessment, uh, just like some of these, I think there's like another book out there, like design your life. Um, that I think is similar in terms of just like, what, what are the things that you actually enjoy doing? What lights you up? And so I was, uh, thinking about it and, um, and then I started going to some meetups and, in DC and trying to put a finger on what it was that I even wanted to do. How do you describe what are the things that I love? What kind of position is that, um, and so I started doing that and going to some boot camp like trainings. I didn't do a boot camp, but I was thinking maybe I wanted to go more into like tech and development because I really enjoyed that development process and translating user needs into speak for the developers and then bringing back what the developers said to users and just the whole user experience stuff was really interesting to me. Um, and so I looked at that and, 
And then I just was kind of feeling like, you know, my resume just says dietitian. Like that's all I've done. I can describe some of the things I've done, but my roles, the titles were wellness, nutrition, dietitian, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just like one day it just hit me. I was like, I think I want to start my own business. But then I had to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, it was figuring out those kinds of things, talking to a lot of people. I think it is so important to be workshopping things with various people. Um, that's another piece of advice I've, I've given people before is just, if you're not sure, just describe what lights you up and then people can start helping you figure out like, well, it sounds like this or, Oh, maybe you should check out this. And, um, I started thinking about what kind of business I would want. And so this whole process I think took me like a year, a year and a half, maybe, Hmm. uh, I I spent a long time thinking through what I wanted to do and, um, and I landed on doing something where I could do websites. I also really liked creating videos. Um, (laughs) I, yeah. So again, being told like, Oh, you can't do that. I don't like being told that. So (laughs) when we were told that there was no budget for nutrition education videos, I bought a camera and a tripod and started and learned how to vet edit videos. Of um, course you did. <laughs> started recording those in my kitchen uh, when there was no budget for an employee wellness program that we really wanted to have like a website for, I started learning WordPress. So those things basically ended up, those were the things I loved. And I still remember when I created my first design for a material in Adobe Illustrator and I did it, I, I literally cried because I was just like, oh my gosh, I now know how to do these things that I see out there that I just always wondered, how do you do it? It just, it felt so empowering to pull back the curtain and and say, all of these things are within your reach. You just need to find the right people or find the right resource to learn how to do them. And so that is what initially inspired my business is I wanted to make resources more readily available to dietitians because I believed in the power of marketing, of showing up professionally and in an attractive way to our customers and to the world because it's just so competitive out there and these other people are, uh, you know, that are not qualified but have bigger marketing budgets or they just are coming at it in a different way. And they're the ones that are gaining the attention of, of the public and not dietitians because we're just not being seen as, you know, either not being seen as the experts or just people are kind of like rushing past us because we're just not showy. Um, and right. I just felt no, that's true. Yeah. And so I just felt that was wrong and I wanted to make um, those services more accessible um, to dietitians. So uh, I started my business to help dietitians with videos and help them with websites. And um, it just so happened that um, no one really hired me for videos. So that dropped off oh, <laughs> um, as a service. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's, it's, it's, business is just like all a bunch of experiments. Um, so, and uh, I think I, I didn't know what I didn't know early on. So I was okay doing lots of exper- experiments. Now I'm like a little bit more cautious. I'm like, I am not going to offer that service unless I know, you know, or like, uh, but at the time I was just throwing it all out there. Uh, 
but I, I did, you know, I did struggle with quitting my job. Um, I really couldn't like get over some mental hurdles. Uh, so I did hire a business coach and she helped me quit my job. I literally submitted my little, it was a like email writing on the wall to my boss, uh, saying, you know, I'd like to talk. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And like, thank goodness that I had the coach. She, and I, I still work with her, um, to this day. She just supported me through the whole process of, um, leaving my job and managing that because it's, it's tough. I was with the company for such a long time. It's hard to uncouple. Um, and then also just the roller coaster of starting a business. Um, so yeah, it was. I like, um, how, I like how you yeah. said the me- the mental hurdles. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, I can quit my job, but then, like you said, like all the mental hurdles that come along with taking yeah. that leap. Like, you don't think you're like actually need more help with that probably than you do with yeah. the actual business part. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a mental game. I feel like starting a business. It's you know they say oh so many businesses fail each year, and I just I bet it's because a lot of people take themselves out of the game before Mm -hmm. anything else. And to this day, I have to constantly be checking myself to, and I'm I'm sure it'll always happen to make sure that I keep moving forward because we are our own worst enemy. Like if you believe you can't do it in your business, then you're just not going to move forward. So So true. So true. So what is the business now? What is the name of your business? Like, give me all the details. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the business name, I chose a very, um, like flexible one that has stood the test of time. It's Whitney Bates and digital strategy. So nice. it kind of encompassed everything. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I've been running the business for almost five years now. We're going into our fifth year. It's just crazy. And, um, We've been basically focused on websites. I still do some consulting for school nutrition mm-hmm. and, and more in like marketing related things, uh, consulting on a nutrition related app. Um, and I actually do have some developers that were developing an app. Um, and those are like the, the big things, but then of course the, the website creation for dietitians. And so I think, gosh, it's like 40 or 50 dietitians at this point that we've built websites for, which is wow. just amazing yeah and um and then I decided to pivot this uh basically early 2022 I think yeah uh to move into a course format group coaching which was actually originally when I started my business I wanted to have a course to help dietitians with websites because again I wanted to make things more accessible but then as I got into it I was like oh these this is too complicated (laughs) I cannot I cannot figure out I with good conscience I do not want to release a course to teach dietitians how to build websites because this is crazy um but finally after doing it for multiple years and the processes that we've developed to like make it a well-oiled machine that really produce great results for, for our clients, I was able to put that into a course with my team. And so we have um, templates that will install. And we also still have a group coaching aspect to it and trainings that are talking about not just the website itself, because the website is just this like one piece. It's almost like the tip of the iceberg, but 
below the surface, there's the strategy that needs to go into it. What copy are you doing? Who's your ideal customer? Who, like, what are the goals of the website? What's your email marketing? What's your SEO strategy? All of that kind of stuff. And we've put it together in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. Um, and it's kind of like a stepwise approach. Like first week we do this, then this week we do this. So it's, it's a four week program. We're actually, um, in our second cohort right now, and I'll be launching it one more time, um, in this year. And it's just been, it's been really awesome. It allows me to go deeper with people, which feels counterintuitive because you would think, Oh, on one-on-one, you know, you can do so much more and actually, instead of spending so much time like managing developers and going through mock-up designs and all of that, you know, a lot of that stuff has been already built out so that we can focus on the strategy and really help the dietitians that are coming to us feel confident in their entire business, not just their website, but really like moving forward. So what's the most rewarding for me is that they are saying, our students are saying that they feel more confident and it, it just goes back to like that mental hurdle Thing. Because if, if you're not confident in your business, you're not clear on it, you're not confident in your website, you're just not going to market it and lean into it as much as if you were. So, so true. Well, and that's kind of yeah. like your ultimate passion too. Like that's why you went into this business. So you could do it yeah. yourself. And now you're like, hey, I want to help other people do the same thing that I right. navigated. So yes, yeah, coming from that place of authenticity, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And also, too, you know, I, I'm okay with the fact that I don't practice dietetics anymore because what I'm doing is helping other dietitians really, you know, they're passionate about dietetics and helping their clients. So I'm just happy that I'm helping the public gain more access to dietitians. Yes. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, like, that is a big thing, too, obviously. You know that. Like, it's the access yeah. part to us is just bananas yeah. and so you're helping create more access which will help dietitians be more relevant and at the table yes 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 a hundred percent I was like <laughs> there were more dietitian CEOs you oh, know that would just be a better it would better be world. awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would be yeah but so you left out the unique part about your business of how you, you don't do it. You don't have just like this little office in a house in the middle of America. You right. travel the world and you do this remotely. So tell me about how yeah. the decision to do that. Yeah. So that decision came after uh, I, I, well, I was still working my, my job and I took a trip to Costa Rica and that trip also kind of spurred me wanting to just change up my life a little bit. Um, I saw some, I was just enlightened by travel. It just lit me up. And, um, and so then I booked a follow-up trip to Bali. And then somehow Instagram showed me an ad to this company called Remote Year. And um, I looked into it and basically it is, it's a travel company, but it's so much more than that. And so it's a year long, they have different programs now, but uh, it's a year long, 12 month program. You go to a different country every month for a year with the same group of people. They're digital nomads, entrepreneurs, remote workers, and you get to see the world and you work. And I was already thinking that I I need to be around other people if 
I'm, I'm a very, I'm an introvert, but I knew if I was sitting in my condo in DC trying to build my business, I would just be in this vacuum. And I know how beneficial it is to be around other people and, you know, get those ideas from people and things like that. And I knew that travel really like got me excited and energized me. And so I couldn't find a good reason why not to do this program. Basically mm-hmm. I looked, I looked at the cost. I was already considering moving out of DC because also I was just like needing to shake things up and thinking about California. And I looked at the rent in California and the price <laughs> of remote year. And I was like, well, it's cheaper to travel the world than it is to move out to California. So that's crazy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I just, yeah, I, it was just, I really like, I couldn't think of a good reason not to, it was completely out of character for me. Um, you know, my dad's like, are your clients going to be concerned that you're not in the U S and, you know, my coach just helped me like, be like, just own it. And it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not coming to actually build your website on your home computer. You know, Mm -hmm. I never saw most people in person, Um, So there was no reason for me to stay in the United States. As long as I got the job done and all of that, then that was the important thing. And so um, I basically left the U.S. um, around the same time that I was starting my business and built the business while also doing this remote year program. And it really ended up being like such a godsend because I was able to meet with the group. We had like a little business mastermind and they convinced me to hire people. And I ended up hiring a couple people from the travel group that I was in. Some of them I still work with to this day. Um, And so the networking aspect of it was huge. And then at the end of the year, um, I'd started dating my, my boyfriend who was also in the travel group. Um, And it was the question of like, okay, well, do we want to keep going or, move back to the United States or what are we going to do? And we both wanted to keep going. So we've been going, um, that ended in September, 2019. So, you know, still going. <laughs> yeah, pandemic aside, you know, we were, we were in Mauritius, um, which is an Island, um, in the Indian ocean past Madagascar, um, for, for a year and a half during the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, we've continued to be outside the United States. So. I think that's awesome. And that just shows like no boundaries to being your own boss. Yeah. And having like systems, I've gotten so efficient with managing time zones. And I think it's, it just also shows that if you don't limit yourself to, well, I need to have someone who's working in the U S or I need to have people that are in the specific time zone. Now, of course, sometimes you do need to have people in specific time zones and whatnot, but you can open yourself up to so much more when you can be more flexible. And I, I really am supportive of as many dietitians that want to live this lifestyle as, as possible. I know not everyone can or wants to, but I just want to encourage anyone who's thinking about it to do it and to see that it's possible because I just never would have thought this for myself at all. I was like, that's not for me. That's just, I'm not that kind of person, mm-hmm. but you can be, it's yes. possible. And you sound so happy. Like you just sound, you just radiate happiness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you do. I, you know, just everything that you do and just like even talking to you today, you can just tell that you are where you are meant to be. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's a good I thing, feel, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel good about it. You know, of course, there's. Um, it's not all as I, I was like walking back from the workspace today, and I was like stressed out about something with Mailchimp that I was dealing with, and I was like, okay, and then I'm gonna talk to Anne, and I don't want to be angry, and it's like, yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know, but it's like it's not that anywhere, you know? No, like it's not. You know, you're just going to, it's like, pick your, pick your battles and, and all of that, but it definitely keeps you on your toes, um, this kind of lifestyle and, um, yeah, keeps life exciting. So, well, I think, I think all the things that you're doing for dietitians is amazing because we definitely need you in this space. And I think that not only just your business, but just like your mindset and your words of encouragement of all the things like that is helpful Mm. for people that are maybe just thinking about taking a leap into anything new. So I think you've taken yeah. a lot of good leaps in your lifetime so far. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, it feels like an out-of-body experience, literally, some of these things. I bet this it does. not Whitney Bates in doing these things. I don't know who it is, but um, yeah. So, yeah, And you said earlier you are in Valencia right now? Yes. So, and we actually joined up with, um, so remote year, you know, survived the pandemic. We were so happy to see that because obviously, you know, travel stopped and we were worried they were going to shut down, but they've continued to go. And, um, so they have like four month programs and things like that. And so there's a group here. Um, and so we decided to like glom onto them basically. And, um, so for a month we're hanging out with another remote year group. So that's really nice because typically when we're traveling, we just don't know anyone where we're going um so yeah we're here for a month we were in portugal previously and we knew some people there which was really nice and then we're going to italy next month uh to round out the european tour and then we're going to mexico Ooh, that's exciting do you ever come back and visit family in the states yeah so um we are going to come back for the holidays um in in december and so mexico will be easy to get back into the united states for but um you know little known fact that if you stay outside the united states you can um earn a tax credit so there you uh, go (laughs) yeah so we we limit our you have to limit it to basically 30 days in the u.s for every um calendar year but then you don't pay federal income tax on the first hundred thousand dollars worth of income that you make so interesting (laughs) Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, that's another just motivator for all of this is that you can be saving more money. And, you know, I've gone through like different phases of wanting to like retire early and I've read all these books about like the fire movement and I'm still passionate about it, but I'm like dialing back my aggressive, like (laughs) I want to retire before I'm 40. And it's like, okay, (laughs) at what cost? (laughs) Yeah. How much am I going to have to grind? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but you can, you can definitely stretch your dollars and get to see so much more. Um, you know, we don't have my boyfriend and we don't have homes back in the United States or anything like that. Um, so, you know, we just move to different places and, um, you know, get to go to really awesome vacation spots that are like, you know, a $200, uh, air airfare, you know, because you're already in the country and you've been there. And so when you stretch out these like stretches of being in places, you can, you know, kind of spread those costs over time. So, yeah. 
that could, that could be like a whole nother podcast. So we'll, we'll save that yeah. for another day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's an area I've dabbled of like, Oh, maybe I want to like talk about financial independence and all of that. It's like, all right, just mm-hmm. one thing at a time. <laughs> but, Someday you'll yeah. get there. For yeah, sure. I think, I feel like that's going to be part of your, your digital strategy business as well, because it is kind of another leg, you know, when you experience mm-hmm. something and we all know dietitians, usually don't, we don't go into it for being a millionaire, but if you can show your success and be helpful for other dietitians, and that's probably something you'd be really good at. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks encouragement. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before we end everything, I have to ask you the hard questions now. Yes. All right. So share with me some foods that you enjoy. Okay. Um, let's see. It's so funny because I saw these questions and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, those will be so easy. Easy to answer, right? And yeah, they're I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm just like blanking. I mean, <laughs> all food in Lisbon was delicious. We were just there, like uh, pastel de nada and, um, oh gosh. No, I'm trying. I mean, I'll just go back to like my standards. It's like, I really love barbecue. If I smell barbecue, I'm like Pavlov's dog. Like I just <laughs> mouthwatering can't deal with it. And <laughs> I mean, during the pandemic, I learned how to make pretty much everything because Mauritius does not have anything, doesn't really have bagels, doesn't have like good barbecue. So I got pretty good at it. But yeah, I still have to say barbecue is probably my absolute favorite. <laughs> Nice. That's a good one. There you're right yeah. though. Like those one of those smells that you're just like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, you can smell it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm I mean, thinking about my favorite barbecue place in DC and I'm literally like salivating. Salivating. So. <laughs> yeah. What about beverages that you enjoy? Craft beer, like IPAs, like a good hoppy, hazy IPA. Oh God, to go with the barbecue. With the barbecue, yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> well, then, like the smell. So the next question was smells that you enjoy. So we'll have to go with barbecue, right? Is there anything yeah. else on top of that? I mean, I like the smell of lavender. I have to say, jasmine. You know, and like any kind of flowering tree. I think in Mauritius, outside of our place, um, there was there were some jasmine trees, and just at Ooh. night you would go outside and just oh, it smells so beautiful. And so yeah, flowering trees just mm. lovely. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what is something that a lot of people don't know about you? Oh goodness, um, that I'm like a terrible dog owner. <laughs> Terrible I don't dog know. Owner. It's like an awful thing. Both <laughs> of my dogs, I like I got a dog in college because I was lonely and I wanted something to care for. It was a terrible reason to get a dog. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't like training her. So she went up uh, to stay with my parents in Connecticut and my mom eventually convinced me to just leave her with Aww, them. So yeah. I did that. And then I got another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and she, she also eventually went to stay with my parents. Oh so. my gosh. That's how uh, your, your parents just yeah. used you as a gateway to being dog owners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have a new rule that unless I have a yard to let the dog out in, I don't get dogs. So that's a good rule. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what brings you joy in life? Um, being on a boat on crystal clear like tropical waters. Mm. We did a few catamaran visits out to some islands. Um, and just, Oh yeah, that's amazing. My favorite. Yeah. 
So uh, tell us, tell the listeners what, you know, I know, I know you said you have another cohort coming up for your classes. Mm-hmm. I know we'll put all this in the show notes, but kind of share yeah. where we can find you and what you have kind of coming up. Absolutely. Thank you. So, um, yes, you can go to, you know, depending on when listeners are listening to this, we'll either have a wait list up for the next course or uh, enrollment will be open. But if you go to WhitneyBateson.com, that's where you can find all about the course. Um, The course is called the Dietitian Website System. Um, The link to it directly is WhitneyBateson.com slash DWS for Dietitian Website System. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram where I try to somewhat regularly post, uh, <laughs> go through spurts, but that way you can see just highlights of my travels and also get tips and advice about building your business and your website and marketing, um, as well as building a business that you can run from anywhere, which is what, you know, even if you don't want to travel, having a business that you can run from anywhere is always a good thing. Absolutely. And then do you still build websites for dietitians if someone's looking to have that done? Right now, we are not offering that. Um, Yeah. So we've just, I really just love the the group course model. Yeah. And um, so that's where our focus is right now. We do website maintenance as well. And, you know, of course, if there's something, someone really likes, you know, what we do and all of that, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to, you know, point you in another direction or have a chat about the course if you're kind of on the fence um, so that you can learn a little bit more about, you know, what what it is, um, what it offers. And we'll be, I think we're going to be putting out templates in the future and things like that too. So that could be, um, and, you know, helping people set them up if they'd like. So that could be another way um, if people are, you know, not necessarily wanting to do the course, but want to do something a little bit different with us going to have some more stuff in the future. Awesome. Well, it's so lovely to chat with you. I'm so glad we had this personal chat. I know, like I said, I was just always fangirling from the outside in. So thanks for all you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I knew this was going to be fun, but it was like so much fun. Oh, good. That makes me happy. Yes. Whitney is, uh, she's the life force. I really enjoyed our conversation just because I think it just lends to the fact that we are so much more than registered dietitians. We can create so many opportunities as dietitians, even within a company that we work for. And then it also leads to finding things that really light your fire. And I think we need to start kind of leaning into that. I think Whitney has done a great job doing that. Uh, She definitely is living her best life because she leaned in very well, and I love that she did that. So I hope that you got some inspiration from her just to kind of light your own fire or do things that do that for yourself. And definitely connect with her. Go to my show notes. You can find all of her uh, links in there and also for her upcoming class if you're interested in working with her uh there's a wait list that will be available if you want to sign up so definitely do that and that's the design website systems those are the links in the show notes remember to be great always find the joy in each day and the start a conversation that truly matters